0: welcome to talent takeover unfiltered when it comes to working hard and keeping it real we know our shit. self-care happiness inner peace and time i'm brianna rooney and this is taylor bradley hey y'all and we have thrived in chaos and turned it into an art form
1: so taylor what are we doing here today we're here to give you a raw under the hood view of all things recruiting and finally give credit where credit is due to a long underrated industry that's full of quote unquote experts. All right.
0: Well, then let's take this show to the road.
1: Home and lie. Talent takeover unfiltered.
0: (laughs) All right. We are going to talk about the recruiting trends for 2024. Of course, we did predictions last year. We found this really cool article and some of the stuff we actually didn't even know what it was we had to google it so i'm i'm super intrigued to talk about it is it right is it wrong who knows taylor what is going on
1: oh, as you're thinking that i'm like it's <laughs> it's as you're saying that i'm thinking it's because of a smart. i don't know if you ever have seen um what is that movie with matt damon ben affleck how do you like them apples what i did not see that goodwill hunting yeah i know um i don't think i saw that well Mike they're Williams? Yeah. Well, it's one of the best movies like of all time. So you have to see it. But um, it's like a, me and my family, we don't say smart. We say smart. Like we're from Boston. Like the kids do it and everything, too. And he's Like it's cause just smart. Um, yeah. But we had to Google a lot of this stuff because we are extremely intelligent and didn't know what some of it was. But um, and like I can't there's going to be one that we get to. And when we get to it, I think our listeners be like, that's the one those dipshits had to get me. <laughs> yeah. Hey,
0: you know what? For our listeners, I want to know. So keep in mind, this is on the Millionaire Recruiter YouTube. I want you guys to comment and tell us the real, real. Did you know what some of this stuff was? Yeah. Actually, one in particular? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Let's, well, we can start with our list and kind of go through, um, and we'll link the article for you guys, but we're not going to go through all of these. This particular article has like 23. We're just going to kind of pick the ones that stand out to us, um, starting with number one, which I think is interesting because I've had a complete opposite experience of this but remote work will increase rapidly in recruitment yeah Um, I
0: saw that too and we did talk about that being a trend that it was only going to get stronger and stronger and stronger but I will say same thing the last couple of months I have been asked for more hybrid so not completely in office but hybrid and in my opinion that hybrid is like that's not remote you know like Yeah. yeah maybe like a balance of it but you don't have the
1: full flexibility like that and I don't know what do you think I mean it's not that's why it's hybrid that's why it's a different word you know like it's not remote and so when companies try to advertise a role as remote because I've seen this too and they're like oh it's it's a you know 100% remote and then you have a conversation with them or have the interview and it's like well it's um it's three days on site and then 100% remote and it's like well that's not (laughs) it's not what that is but okay you know, I think hybrid is what it is. It's, it's hybrid. But I'm actually, I've been seeing more on site. And even when I was in my own job search, I saw more on site. Now, if, if you're, as you're having those conversations, some um, companies would say, you know, after you've been here three months, six months or whatever, you know, your onboarding ramp up period, then there is flexibility for more of a hybrid schedule. But most of the roles that I've seen, it, it does require on site these days. Yeah. And I think that comes back to
0: um, the flexibility of being anywhere. It's like that's no no longer a thing. So I was actually just talking to someone yesterday who, uh, you know, after COVID went to San Diego. He's like, oh, cool, you know, because everyone just spread. Right. Great. Now we can do whatever we want. We don't have to live in San Francisco, you know. And he's like, shit, I think I got to go back to the Bay. And so like he's really like, "And, and here I am because now I can't find a job down here. And because it's hybrid, but you're like, you're saying like even to ramp up still means you have to live where that job is. Yeah. You can yeah. no longer. Just go live in another state unless you have something flexible where you have like a couple of houses. So I'm going to live here for a little bit, live there for a little bit. But, you know, for the normal human being, that doesn't really work out.
1: Yeah. Um. So I, I think that one's interesting. I feel like that trend is kind of dying. I'd be curious to see if we did just like some analytics on LinkedIn, um, because I just feel like the, even in looking recently for this specific reason, most roles are on-site. Like that's that's how they're posted. Maybe you'll read in the job description where it's like flexibility to maybe have two days from home or something like that. But if you just look in the initial page of it, you know, where it says the job, it just, they yeah. most mostly say on-site. So I don't know that this one is, from my personal experience, 100% accurate from my perspective, but it's nice that um, iSmart Recruit has found that to be the case. Which is well, the of the, the ones. <laughs> <laughs> um, r- real quick on that. What's
0: really important too, like for interviewers is that if you are like it is a hybrid or onsite role to really like say, I'm super excited to be in the office because from the recruiting aspect of things, I'm having hiring managers say, hey, look, I don't want just people to be okay coming in the office. I want them to be excited. Like that's one of the questions I now have to ask. So it's like now, hey,
1: just say you're happy to be here, everybody happy to be here. Was that a question in the interview process pre pandemic that people were fucking excited to go into the fucking office? <laughs> no, isn't that crazy? It's, yeah, it's crazy how like post pandemic hiring managers' perceptions of that has changed. It's like, if that wasn't, were you ever trying to gauge if somebody was really excited to go into the office every day pre pandemic? Never. And I even had one employee that
0: I'm pretty sure never wanted to come into the office and just had a stank look on her face.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I think that that's just kind of like, That's just kind of crazy. Now, I understand if you're like, I don't want somebody to be so vocal about their disdain of having to come into the office. I mean, I think it's like, that's the they're opposite ends of the spectrum. Like, I don't think you're going to have an office cheerleader for most people. They're not gonna be like, yeah, go to the office. Like, you know, I, I think within that's kind of an unrealistic expectation to have of somebody like, you need to make sure that you're excited to come into this office every day. Well, who the fuck is every single day to go into an office? Like, some days, besides me, <laughs> well, I mean, even some days, you're not, if you're not feeling it or if you don't feel good or whatever, like it's 100% every single day, you're not going to be excited to go into the office. Like there's just some of those days. But I think also, too, your situation's different because it's your office. You have control over when you go, if you go. You know what I mean? If somebody else was controlling all of that for you, you'd fucking hate it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I am lucky that who's in the office, I actually really enjoy seeing, you know, it's
1: like, oh, cool gossip. And what am I going to do at home? Just talk to myself and my dog can do that yeah day. well that's just it because you've had like you can affect and influence who's in your office you can choose that yeah you know you're not surrounded by a, pun- a bunch of people that you don't like by choice so it's like you get to set up what exactly is the office environment that you want to go into and your dream office environment scenario which is not uh something that everybody gets to do you know yeah so not true i think that having that like you- Better make sure that you're sound excited to go into the office is just kind of like a crazy ass for hiring managers to yeah. have if that's not something we gauged before. Um. All right, so getting down to number two. Do you want to tell us how to say this? <laughs> e <E-present-ism? laughs> presentism, Presenteism. Presenteeism, I don't e presentism. This is the one, y'all. In case you can't yeah. tell, that really? we were like. But I mean, I know. Like, I was like, I never knew that there's a word for this. Yeah, and I didn't either. This is real life, y'all. This is like, so I I, this is where we're going to teach our listeners something if they didn't already know. But what this essentially means is where you feel like you have to be on call all the time, even though you're working remote, like you're constantly worried about like your phone ringing. You feel like you have to be sitting in front of your computer. And um, so this is like the new work related phenomenon amongst workers that now that they've allowed people to work remote, essentially, it's like the expectation is that they're always on, always should be online, always should be available, always should be accessible as much as possible. And I mean, this is real shit. Like this is something that I'm personally living right now. And it's, yeah, it's really challenging. I I feel like there are certain roles that people get in in times where when this is the theme, it's like you're actually end up working more than you would if you were in an office and you had like set hours. Yeah, yeah, it's the being accessible you know, how all the time stop being accessible,
0: you know, Um, and you have to put like really strict that. And that's a culture thing, right? For each company. So again, to our listeners, if you are interviewing, you should really ask, what are your set hours? What are your collaboration hours? And if they don't have any, I would dig a little bit more. I'd be a little concerned.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I think it's good to ask those questions exactly as you said, and stick to those. Like oftentimes you can start working for an organization and maybe you'll get a call in the earlier morning, or maybe you'll take a later call in the evening. And like, that's how it starts. And I mean, those one offs are certainly fine, I think. But in order for it to not be a theme in your life, like it's important to ask those questions in the interview process and understand what are your working hours. And then if you st- they start encroaching on your boundaries continuously, I think it's good to remind them of like, hey, remember when we had that conversation where I specifically asked what my work hours would be? it's okay to go back and reference that that's better than not having ever asked the question and then it's like well shit this could be just what i signed up for and i never even asked the question that's what i was going to say it's got to be really difficult especially at, at first to say no yeah first of all people
0: in general they have trouble saying no but can you imagine like saying to your to your boss your the organization you know now they're paying you it's like uh, yeah so setting boundaries immediately
1: Yeah. And I mean, and I had to do that. I had to set those boundaries, but I was really glad. And this is just, again, my own personal experience. I was glad that I had that conversation early on that I was able to say like, Hey, we, we discussed, you know, that my work hours would start at nine. And, um, you know, it's really important to me that I have that time in the morning to get my kids ready for school. Um, and you know, then work out and and shower and get myself situated before I start my day. And so I think it's really, really important to Establish those work hours, establish those boundaries, and stick to those boundaries. Again, be reasonable. You know, if it's a one-off thing, but stick to those boundaries. Otherwise, that will become your norm
0: yep. and the expectation for you. And I just want to—I want to know who came up with that word, by the way. So
1: anyone, anyone want to research that?
0: Well, the origin it was spelled. I thought it was spelled wrong. I was like,
1: idiot, spell this word wrong. Ha! And I'm like, I, I looked at it too, and I just thought it was like a glitch or something in the article. Yeah. I'm like, there's a what because it says e spaced. Presenteism. I'm like, I don't understand what this means, but um, okay. Right. And I feel like there's a different word we could have used there. But yeah. If anybody wants to Google that, um, because I guess we're just lazy and don't want to, but yeah, I did Google I that. Yeah. Um, okay, so I feel like this one number three, it's it's been a theme. It's gonna continue to be a theme. D E I B. It's a must. Um and i feel like that's just going to continue to evolve like as as years pass and what the deib means and even you know additions to the acronym like we've seen in the last few years with the with the belonging um getting added to that so i don't feel like that one is is crazy or should shock anybody that that's going to be a trend in 2024
0: i think it's weird that it even says that it's a
1: trend um cuz trends
0: to me means they come and go yeah so like i looked at that as like I don't know and and very honestly i feel and i don't want to tangent too much on this but i feel like after covid i feel like we threw dei a little bit out i thought i thought we were doing like a really great job at least from like my standpoint Um uh, we were doing a really great job there we really cared a lot about it and then it was like well no one has time for that anymore you know oh layoffs no one has time for that you know it was just kind of like seems like it just got thrown
1: yeah i mean i definitely feel like it's it's maybe not as Like there were roles created for DEIB that didn't exist prior to. So I know what you're talking about, that that was like something that was a, that probably was a trend because you're not really seeing many of those roles anymore.
0: Nope. Chief diversity offers are not really getting hired like that. No.
1: Yeah. That is an interesting. So that's an interesting trend that this is saying like, this is going to be a thing in 2024. And we're like, we're not really seeing that as much as we used to years past yeah so it will be interesting to stay
0: on top of that too to see like are we going to see hired and actually i want to go on linkedin right now and see how many people are hiring for that role but um yeah maybe by them putting this in here they're like all right we're thinking about it again maybe that yeah
1: yeah um moving on to number four so recruitment team well-being and mental health checks uh interesting yeah i, I mean, this one is again that something that i feel like it's not even specific to the recruitment team but well-being and mental health checks I feel like this was uh, a theme that we saw in covid you know when everybody's working remote people feel isolated whatever um all of those real life situations that we all felt i feel like this is one that again like we were talking about deib that was a focus i think will continue to be a focus maybe not the forefront of everything where this is like from a branding perspective a lot of companies were like deib in your face and mental health and we care about your I health it, yeah yeah and i think that they still it still may be important to organizations. They still may have those policies already established. I don't think it's, from what I'm seeing, just not as in your face anymore. Of like that's what they're trying to do to stand out. It's kind of like they've already adopted those policies. They're just it's they exist. The, the, yeah, yes, exactly. I, I for me when I when I
0: read that and looked at it, it's just kind of um, again kind of with the with the DIB stuff. It's like we've decided to care about individuals from a personal standpoint at work. Mm-hmm. and normally it was just like you just work we don't really care about you like you know, keep keep your keep your personal life out of the shit you know yeah now it's like oh wait it's so it's the it's okay to not be okay it's you know it's like hey what can i do for you how can i make you a better version of yourself um because now we're realizing if this person is a better version of themselves they're also going to be a better employee for you they're gonna their profits are going to be higher there you're going to build teams better your communication like all of that shit, right
1: uh-huh i love that um So data-driven recruitment strategy, I don't feel like this one, again, I don't feel like this is, and maybe these are just carried over trends. Data-driven recruitment has kind of just always been a thing. Now, I feel like it's some that some organizations may take seriously than others. And I've worked in some of those. Some took it very, very seriously. Like everything was tracked, everything was measured, really dialed in. And then some just don't care as much. So I think that's really org org specific, but ultimately where data is important in the recruiting process is like to me, saving time and money, you know, you're losing money if you're no drawing winner. out this. It's yeah, sustainable. It's lean. And, you know, um, what I love
0: when I saw this, we actually just did an episode. If you have not watched it, it was it's with Crystal Han. And she talks about how do you essentially grow your career with data, you know? Yeah. And she really rocked that episode. So definitely check that out. Um, but I think maybe it's more going to talk about we have more and more tools to make it easier. So therefore, we have no excuse to not have a data driven strategy yeah that's how I look at it
1: um I think one that it may be on here and I haven't seen it yet or just scrolled through I actually think it's on here but it's worded differently is just and we've talked about it in other episodes but AI in recruitment you know everybody talks about it's going to replace our jobs it's going to replace the need for recruiters and you know in some organizations it has and that's a a hard truth that we have to face is like I don't think it they're better than recruiters I don't think AI is ever a bot is ever going to be better than an actual like human interaction that is my opinion but I have seen in organizations using AI screening tools where essentially you're just like sitting there staring at yourself and it asks you questions and you have a little timer and you have you know to answer the questions and they're very detailed questions they're questions that you would ask in a regular interview when you're talking to a candidate with no time cap of you know how much time they have to answer the question and so I do think it was very, when I, the first time I I had to do one of those, it was really weird for me. But then I'm like, this is a trend I'm seeing. It wasn't yep. specific to one organization. Other organizations are starting to leverage AI where, and I'm talking about guys like you haven't even talked to a person yet. The very first interaction that you'll have with the company will be with this bot to go through this initial round of screening. Um, and it's just asking you questions. You have your time to answer it. And it, it's so bizarre to me. And it's, I mean, I think my first round, I was like, pop, in the middle of it. I literally was like, can't erase. I did this, and I was like, okay. And it's it's recorded and everything. It's all, where I was like, going. I was like, I'm sorry, this timer and and I just had a moment like, I want a copy of that shit. it. Yeah. No. I mean, I I'm pretty sure that I was like very deleted. High. Like we're never seeing this thing again. But I mean, it's. I've seen people like other people cursing them and stuff because you're like, shit, I didn't mean to hit play. I don't think it I, I didn't think it was a great experience and I didn't think it should it, it should replace recruiters and do the job. of. I, I thought it was like terrible, to be honest with you, because I just don't think you're going to get a great answer from the candidate when they're stressed about how much time they have to answer it. And, you know, you feed off people's energy. Yeah, it's like 100 percent. And you're sitting there staring at yourself and you're like, my hair looks fucked up. This lighting is fucked up. <laughs> Yeah. And you're like, oh shit, the clock's going. It was just like, yeah. So I think that, but that's something that I think that we all have to get used to. And I think a lot of companies um, are going to catch some heat for using things like that initially, but then I think it is going to become the norm to see. And it may not be on the front end of the process, but where can they incorporate AI to be more efficient or speed up their process? Or
0: Yeah. If you're not using AI in at least one part of your process, you are doing yourself a disservice. And I think you may mm-hmm. get replaced by that. Um, we can get, we can do lots of things a lot more efficiently. And I like that they're like, this is a crucial recruiting trend. It's not just a recruiting trend. This is like every, you know, I'm yeah. constantly getting asked, can you talk about AI? Can you just how to do chat GPT? I mean, it's like just all of this stuff. Hey, where are you using it? And what's crazy is I've been um, wanting to do more and more webinars on it and to try to teach people how to do it and adopt it and stuff. And to find any kind of expert on it, it that's a current, like currently using it in recruiting is like near impossible. So for the listeners, if you are badass at AI, use it at least in one part of your process, please hit me up. I want you on a webinar. I want to talk about it and like talk about how you started using it and adopted it. That's my favorite. I love that.
1: Created an op for somebody. I love that. Um, okay. So reinventing the employee experience. Yeah. I think this what does is that really to I mean, I think it's just employee engagement. I don't know about reinventing because I feel like this is another one that when the pandemic and everybody's remote was a focus for companies, like how do we keep people engaged and connected with everybody working remote? Um, and I think this is going to be, there's that challenge still ha- is, is there. That's going to continue. It's like, how do we keep people engaged and connected when they're working remote for companies that are still remote? And then I think on the flip side of that, for going into the office, going back to number one, um, our number one trend that we, we just spoke about. I think it's like, how are you going to keep people engaged and connected and wanting to go in the office if you're requiring them to now? Yeah. Well, I even think on the flip side of
0: loyalty, I think that, you know, our parents were raised, you work at one place for your whole life and da, da, da. And we just, it's just so different now. And I wonder if having remote work, if you're less loyal, then you know, because it's easier to naturally have a connection in person. So it's hard to onboard someone. It's hard to like. It takes a while to get all situated. So I think that thinking about how you engage employees is like a really big deal.
1: Yeah, I I just like I there's nothing like being with somebody in person. Like I I completely agree with that. However, I've just been working remote so long that I'm and I've worked at really great companies. Like when we worked together, I mean. I feel like I was really close with people that I've, and I still am, that I've never even met in person, ever. I think you can get really close to people that you've never, I think there's a way to do it when you encourage and foster a type of culture. I think those things will naturally happen. You'll have like, and if you're hiring for people that are like-minded, and I'm not talking about from a diversity perspective, but people that are like maybe used to working remote. If you're hiring all remote people, they're used to working remote. They're used to building relationships with people remotely remotely. You know, they I think it's just as effective as having some people go sit in the office and sit in cubicles and maybe never talk to each other. If you're talking like a large corporation, you know, some of those people aren't more connected just because they're sitting in a big ass office together.
0: That's true. Totally. And now I feel like I need to go watch Office Space again. It's been a while.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's that's so fucking hilarious. Um, But I think just it's going to be really challenging for employers to, I think, overcome this desire that everybody has to work remote even if it's in a hybrid schedule like even if it's one or two days i think they're going to have to really overcome some challenges there of how to keep people engaged and interested if that's not something they offer if they offer no hybrid if there's no flexibility i mean you do have your work cut out for you because people have just gotten accustomed to that and they've also seen as a as the world right we've seen that people can be um more effective or, or just as effective if not more in some situations Right. Working remote. So I think that's going to be a hard one for for companies to overcome if they're requiring that traditional, like, be in the office, you know, eight to five every single day. Yeah. And also comes down to like caring. I think that's like kind of like the overall, you know, overarch here,
0: where it's like you just have to care and you, it, and it's hard. Like just, we talked about being parents. It's hard to be the good parent. You know, you, yeah. you want to be the fun one and the nurturing one and the one, you know, like there's all these things that go along with being the bad, the good parent. And it's like, it's, it's, it's work. So yeah,
1: I just feel like if and you know, I've had this experience and you've had it from completely do two different perspectives and different roles, but when you're a great boss and a great leader, you don't have to like you don't have to get people to work for you out of fear of losing their job or whatever, like they just they don't want to disappoint you. They want to do a good job. And so when you care about people, I think that they tend to like work harder for you. They can see that, they can feel that, they can sense it. You want to bust your ass for a leader that cares about you, you know? Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Um this is an employer branding. I think that's another one that's like we've seen that become really, really attractive um, as this, you know, social media, and TikTok and all this stuff as that continues to evolve. I think that's another one that's like it should be on every company's radar at this point to have a really like robust social media.
0: 100%. I mean, recruitment marketing, you know, we're, we're doing a couple episodes on that. and Like it, you absolutely have to do that. And the branding goes with it. Like it kind of goes hand in hand. I know on here it's
1: like separate things, but the They have to talk to each other, right? Yeah, same thing. Yeah, absolutely. This one I liked. I'm like, this is interesting. And this is definitely, and from my perspective, a trend, gamification. Ah, my favorite. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I knew you'd love that one. Um, But I love this. Like, how can they ensure employees are content and engaged and connected? And how can they gamify different things and gamify different interactions? And what tools and platforms can they use? And I think there's so many different tools out there for things like this. Um, for organizations where it's like this maybe didn't exist a few years ago. Yeah. But I think uh, this was one that kind of developed and is going to continue to to evolve after the pandemic. So gamification is huge. I think
0: in learning and development, there's still seen so much that they can do. Remember when we were trying to find all the cool gamification stuff for Thriver City? We was like, why doesn't this exist? Why doesn't that exist? Yeah. Oh, and so it, it's going to start existing. It's just I, I still think we're behind there. But yeah, I love that it's coming.
1: Well, and that was maybe even a few years ago. If we really think back when we were looking at that, it's it's been a few years since we even looked into something or needed something like that. So who knows? I mean, these things pop up overnight. Who knows what there is out there? Um, this one's kind of wild to me that this is a trend that they're expecting uh, for 2024. But ethical leadership.
0: <laughs> Are we going to be honest? It, we we just decided this year though that, we, that we're going to be honest. <laughs> and
1: do what's right <laughs> yeah i mean the fact i don't know this i just don't really have any words i'm like this is so you just now decided that this is a trend like you wake up that's your like new year's goal for 2024 i'm gonna be an ethical leader <laughs> it just um it says like the DE and i values will become one of the more intense recruiting trends so we need to make workplaces pleasant and eliminate toxic behavior and bullying this is why it's essential to develop and nurture ethical leadership that doesn't tolerate dubious remarks nepotism or harmful wow. conduct. Wow. So I got like
0: the chills in all of the bad ways. And I'm kind of curious just to our our listeners. Um, I would love if you guys comment especially because you know it's on the Millionaire Recruiter YouTube. How many people have been bullied at work or talked shit to been yelled at been you know like yikes is this I mean it
1: must happen all the time if we're, t- if we're talking about it. I mean like which job do you want to talk about? You know, like which yeah, role? Gosh. I think it's very like whenever I look at my entire career as a whole, I can say that it's probably easier for me to pick out which jobs I've never dealt with that before than which jobs I have. I feel like it just kind of goes without saying that you have to deal with some there's some shit that you're gonna have to deal with sometimes. Um, especially in certain roles or at certain levels or whatever it's like it's to be expected that you're gonna be catch the brunt of some things maybe and then maybe by senior leaders and then you have to decide how to communicate that out to the organization like you're the person that gets the brunt of certain things and then it's your responsibility to craft a message and and that's different than that than just screaming at them you know what i mean but i can't say that that like that's not uncommon to be screen it's it's very sad to me actually that is very sad well i like that So I look at that and
0: think, okay, you know what, maybe we're just reiterating, we're not going to stand for that shit anymore. You know, like you're a tyrant and you're used to pushing people around to get your way. Like we're done doing that. You know, it's not okay. Maybe that also goes hand in hand with like the mental health stuff. You know, it's like people weren't speaking up. Now people are speaking up. Yeah. Yeah. So,
1: well, and this is, so this is my own little trend that I want to see. Like I will be really curious to see how many of these things that have been put in place in a different market actually withstand the test of time now that the market has since flipped it's an employer's market so do you are they really going to care about your mental health are they really going to care about being an ethical leader whenever there's literally thousands of you waiting to replace you if you decide you don't want to put up with this shit or don't want to deal with it and so i think that's the challenge again we're talking specifically about talent but that's the trend I'm going to be looking to see is like, is this stuff actually going to be trends that continue to evolve as we were headed down this really positive track? Or are these things that are going to shift based on the market? So if it's a candidate's market, then all of those things are important. But if it's an employer's market, then all of these things go to the wayside. And I mean, I can say again, for personal experience, like when you're in a situation that you need a job, you will put up with a lot. And yeah, it's, that's that's
0: very sad. Um, I had a girlfriend of mine just text me two days ago and she's like in tears and she's t- a tough woman. Like she, She's got twins. OK, <laughs> she's good. Um, but uh, she's like, I-, I can't I can't do this anymore. And I remember when she took the job, it was out of like, look, she's like, this is going to be fine. I, ha- I need this right now. Like, I just you know, she just needed a job. And I told her when I when he did the reference check with me and I said, this guy's an asshole. I'm just telling you. Yeah, I gave you a great reference. I just want to let you know what you're getting yourself into. And sure as shit, it just hasn't gotten any better. And she is an overachiever. She's literally the best employee, especially like number wise, you know, uh, that they have. Mm -hmm. And so it's just so crazy. It's like it doesn't even matter if you're great. Like they're still going to cut you down. You know, that's just some people. Unfortunately, that's how they roll.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it sucks. It really, really sucks. But that's one that I'm just like, uh, I don't know. I don't know how that's going to play out. I'll be interested to see. Um, targeting resilient personalities. Mm. I feel like this is the soft skills. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like this is one that, um, again, set in motion by the pandemic. I feel like there's companies that always have pretty much targeted resiliency, like based on their, um, their culture, their environment, that may be something that's, that's absolutely required. But I definitely feel like this is a theme who, uh, that we saw after COVID is like, Who, with the mental health crisis and with everything is like, how resilient are you? Can you bounce back? You know, when you're having those moments where everybody has shitty mental health days, everybody, like every, I don't care if they tell you they don't, they're lying. Everybody has those days, but how can you power through on those days when you're having a bad day or you're just in a funk or whatever? Um, And so I think that's what companies are looking for, which it doesn't sound that crazy to me. Like, how do you pull yourself out of a funk or Maybe you got some not so great feedback or you didn't get the results you wanted on a project or, you know, with a role you're recruiting on. But how do you like pull yourself out of that?
0: Uh, That's great. So I think that there's just like a whole set of questions just to see like, hey, how resilient you are. What's more of like a situational. So for people that are interviewing, please make sure that you're able to to tell companies how resilient you are with like actual. I was going to say data because I'm in the data mood, but, you know, like with situations.
1: Yeah, I mean that's one that is never going to be a bad word to use if you're ever asked to describe yourself. Mm-hmm. That's never going to like somebody's going to be like uh, whenever you say resilient. I feel like that's one that everybody's ears perk up every time. Yep. that's funny. Goddamn resilient person. Oh, <laughs> so tired Res- of them. What is this resilient person doing? Applying to my job? <laughs> How dare they want to better their life? Ugh. You know? Oh my god, I always have so much fun with you. <laughs> Same. Well, I mean, if our listeners only heard us cracking up before this. Oh, then our last one that getting into is tailoring recruitment to the younger generations. Um, And I think that's interesting. What does that mean to you? To me, I instantly think of funny TikTok videos. Like, like
0: as far as like an employee, employer, employer branding situation of like, come work for
1: me. Like a fucking dance routine. (laughs) Five, six, seven, eight, come work (laughs) <laughs> oh my god like a music video to recruit but that's actually like probably would do very very well um but what it says because it doesn't give us examples on this article but i've left to like my own interpretations of what i think this is and i think it's some of it are the themes that we've already touched on but it says millennials are already the largest workforce and gen z is joining its slightly older counterparts slightly older yeah <laughs> um As the youth will soon become the principal generation in the world of work, recruiters will have to adjust their recruitment strategies and campaigns for these generations, Um, which I completely agree with. And I think, again, we've touched on some of this stuff that is important and is, uh, in my opinion, like a strategy to help recruit these younger generations, like focus on mental health, mental health days. That has never existed in my entire life, your entire life, up until recently, um, and certainly not in our parents. You know, so I think some of the stuff that they we like do, that shit. yeah, like <laughs> some of the stuff that is already in place are things that I feel like were put in place specifically to recruit this generation, you know, like the work from home, um, post COVID, the hybrid, like having fucking ping pong tables in the office. Like they've really done uh, corporations have done a lot to try to recruit, um, specific to, or cater in their, their recruiting process to what these individuals want in these generations. I feel like I've, Curious to see how it evolves and what new shit comes. But
0: yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I I'm thinking about like recruiting people. And, you know, we have talked about this um cold calling, right? Like who who the fuck does that? But there are plenty of recruiting companies that still believe in that strategy and they still call people's work, which is also its own separate thing, you know, if they're it depending on the uh in office situation. But it's like, yeah, people are getting pissed. Like no yeah. one, no one wants you knocking on their door. So sure as shit, they don't want you calling their work and trying to poach them. Like, yeah. So like, I think that the, that like kind of sharky, aggressive environment, I don't think younger generations are going to dig. I don't even think they won't even understand, you know, like, yeah, to mention mentioned, like who calls anybody anymore anyways, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's like, do a quick voice, you know, voice text, right? Here, you're going to send that through. Yeah. Um. So I think those strategies, you have to get faster and faster and faster for them because they expect it to move faster, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And they expect it to move faster and they expect a different approach. So I think that leads us really nicely into our broke to boss tip, which may seem pretty basic, but I feel like it's it's really relevant to our listeners and it's really important for everybody. Pay attention. Pay attention to these trends. Pay attention to what you're seeing. Um. You know, as we talked about earlier, like us just even noticing even pre looking for jobs. And I know you you weren't ever actively out there looking, but um, just seeing that like more jobs are being posted on site versus remote, like just what are the trends that you're observing? Because I think that stuff is really, really important. What I used to see on resumes, um, and even when, you know, I recently, this is a good example, when I recently posted that recruiter role as remote, oh, right? I had people make a point to put it on their resume that like how many years of experience they've had working remote. That's a great idea. Yeah. yeah. So I think you're going to see things like that as, um you know, pay attention, pay attention to what the job is asking for, and then update your resume accordingly, Where there if there's stuff like that, that you can call out, you know, that you've had eight years of experience working remote, um if it's a remote position, or if it's on site, you know, a, a hybrid or whatever, you know, just pointing that out on your resume. I think those are really good call outs to like, see what the job's asking for, see what the trends are, and then update your resume or even your message to, to the recruiter accordingly. But pay attention. This stuff is like really, really important for us all to know because, I mean, it shapes our future too. So no, oh, 100%. And we didn't just spend
0: 36 minutes for shits and giggles over here. You know, I know we normally do like episodes, uh, but this is really important. And, you know, uh, you should definitely send this to your friends, talk about it, like have discussions, like this was a great time, right? You know, we have yeah. to think about what's going on. Like, yeah, last year was shitty. We've talked we talked about that all last year as we lived it, you know? Yeah. This is a new year, new trend. New me, new you, you know. Uh, but yeah, it's <laughs> fun. So I appreciate that. We're we're getting our uh, reviews up. So, you know,
1: wherever you listen to your podcast, please uh shoot us a review on that. Thanks, y'all. See you next week.